Welcome back to Rubrics. Uh, some people ask us when we do these episodes, and the answer is every Wednesday, except when it's not. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, I had to take a break last week because some things came up, but um, we're back today. Um, as much as we love doing it, you know, sometimes there are other, you know, things that come up, you know, last minute, and it and it pulls us away. But we're always grateful when we're able to sit down. Um, and have a have a good conversation about um, you know all sorts of all sorts of topics. So today we're gonna. Oh, I was leaving. That's why I was pressed. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I was leaving Thursday morning, and I was had yeah. to get the whole week done. And so we'll talk about your trip a little bit. Yeah, we can, um, yeah. but uh, we'll we'll get into Candlemas. Talking about your trip a little bit. Our paternal feast was this past Sunday, and so we've kind of been reflecting on another year um, at St. Timothy's, and you know we're sending out year in statements. I mean. We're, we're kind of in the mindset of summing up 2023 and looking ahead. It's a ahead hinge to moment for year. us, sort of looking backwards, looking ahead. Yeah, uh, it's a hinge moment liturgically. We're mm-hmm. about to finish the season after Epiphany. Mm-hmm. Lent will begin in 15 days, yeah. two weeks. Coming uh, well, just two, week, two weeks. Two weeks from two weeks from today, actually. Yeah. Today is Wednesday. It's coming yeah. quick. It's coming quick. But let me open us with. Um, Prayer. Uh, this is the colic we did not do this past Sunday because it was our paternal feast, but this is the colic for the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who dost govern all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the supplications of thy people, and in our time grant us thy peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So let's start with your trip. Um, I think that's uh, an introduction to a curious point, um, an interesting feast day that we had yesterday. So where'd you go? Why were you there? And what were you doing? I am the outgoing president of the Society of King Charles the Martyr, which is a devotional society in the Anglican Communion that is, um, I mean, it has evolved over the years in America, but the the main point would be to promote the cause of King Charles as martyr to have him included in the mm-hmm. in the sanctoral yeah. calendar. So who is King he's Charles? Not in America. He's not in America. Um, it's it's really a complex sort of history that might mm-hmm. be too much for um, right now, but Charles was the son of King James, mm-hmm. as in the King James Bible fame. And he was beheaded on January 30th, 1649. Charles I is interesting. He's, he, he matters very much, mm-hmm. but, but it's also um, a commentary on, on how we are viewing historical figures mm-hmm. nowadays. As a king, in terms of policy, not popular. Yeah. Charles was a very big believer, like his father before him, um, James I of England, James VI of Scotland, in the divine right of kings. Right. So Charles, for significant portions of his reign, dissolved parliament. Yeah. And because they were trying to get him things to, they were trying well, to get him to do things, I guess, that he didn't feel were, were so, godly or in line with what he believed about the church. Well, basically, Charles view, thought he only needed parliament to levy taxes, mm-hmm. to fight wars, or to do whatever. He dissolved Parliament because he did have some access to income through through again the English Constitution is yeah. quite a complicated thing as mm-hmm. it's not one single document it's more precedent right and just acts of acts of laws that have been passed he had access to other and I, I can't remember I used to know other sources of income yeah you know like 
seaport taxes or thing, yeah, whatever yeah. that were reserved to him. And he was living on those for the most part. And he would call them when he needed money to, to yeah. fight to fight battles, et cetera. But they would they would just like they do now in Congress, we will do this tax, but let's have an omnibus bill here and let's add other things mm-hmm. into it that aren't really related to the to the tax at hand. And there was a growing movement of um, Presbyterianism, mm-hmm. Puritanism, and there were always these um, m- moments to erode the church, yeah. the episcopacy, all those things. And and Charles was having none of it. Uh, again, very complicated, um, very very complicated figure um, when he when he reigned. But he, by all accounts, was a family man, unlike perhaps his father before mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Um, unlike his 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 son Charles II yeah. was faithful to his wife Henrietta Marie. She was controversial because she was Roman Catholic. Yep. So now you have now you have the suspicion that we have creeping Romanism in, yeah. and Charles um, Charles was. Um, was um was also complicated in that his relationship with the Roman Catholic Church is, is, is just whatever it's complicated very very complicated. Long story short is he could have saved his crown had he abolished the episcopacy yeah. and made the Church of England into a Presbyterian. Yeah, form that's of kind of the deal they gave him, right? and he rejected it. So he chose to give up his earthly crown to preserve his eternal crown, mm-hmm. his incorruptible crown, as he said. So um, the fact that he died for the uh, Catholic faith and order in the Church of England, he died for the Church of England truly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is why he's remembered, not for his political yeah. stances or his legislation or or those things, but because he was a martyr for the church. He is also interesting in, in the sense that North Carolina is named for mm-hmm. him, as is South Carolina. Um, um, Caroline being the Latin for Charles. Charles II is the one who sent the eight lords proprietors to the New World. But those eight lords were chosen for those who were loyal to his father, loyal to the mm-hmm. crown, didn't turn their back on him. So there's a interesting um, local, local connection. connection. Yeah. You know, the South Carolina state motto is Dum Spiro Spero, while I breathe, I hope, which was one of Charles's favorite lines from Cicero. That he would Charles often, the first? Charles the first. He would often write in the, in the margins of the books he was reading. Mm. Like there's a copy of Shakespeare's tragedies. Um, where he would just write Dum Spiro Spero, and he did it in a couple of other books as well. Yeah. That undoubtedly, undoubtedly is why that's the motto of, yeah. of South Carolina. Yeah. So he was um, he was the the only person truly by act of convocation in the Church of England put on the calendar in the state services. Um, hmm. Basically, the only person canonized in the Church of England, yeah. and so there were these state services in the prayer book. Um, Along with the um, the act of thanksgiving against the gunpowder mm-hmm. um, treason, the restoration of the monarchy, Charles II coming back on Oak Apple Day, um, all those things. They've been since removed from the prayer book, but he is in the in the calendar for mm-hmm. the Church of England. He is not in the United States, and it will probably not Never be, be. Yeah. because of um, how I think we judge people in the past, mm-hmm. Charles made some controversial decisions. I don't know the full accusation of Charles and slave trade. Mm-hmm. I don't know yep. much about that, but there's always a... That's always part of it. Always a part of it. Yep. Um, so, yes. Yeah. So I, the point is, so it's Saturday, sorry, Saturday was the annual mass for the Society yeah. of King Charles the Martyr. There was, a um, again, the American version of the Society. The English Society 
which obviously is older, has their annual mass every year, with few exceptions. At the banqueting hall, At the right? banqueting house, where house. where Charles was, he was executed on the scaffolding outside of yeah. it. And in 2020, I preached at the banqueting house That's right. on the yeah. annual mass, which is just an extraordinary And then I think the next year we... <laughs> stream the mass from well, our in America. Loft we, yeah, yeah, 2021. Nice. We streamed it in our in our unfinished yeah, choir loft. So I was at the Church of the Advent in Boston. Ken and Jeremy Hazelock, um, retired Queen to Her Majesty, um, retired Queen, retired Chaplain, chaplain to Her Majesty to, the yeah. Queen, um, was the preacher. We flew flew him over and retired Queen. There's a Easter egg. Yeah, for no, she's Ken she, she is retired. The Queen has retired. <laughs> Permanently, <laughs> permanently, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so it was a good, it was a good um, short trip, a good trip. Um, church of the Advent is a, is a lovely church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the you know whole Charles can of worms, I think, is a and always an opportunity to reflect on how we judge historical figures. And I think yesterday I pre when I preached at the daily mass, you know, I said he's not on the calendar because of his earthly achievements. And honestly, he might be on the calendar in spite of those, um, but he's on the calendar for spiritual reasons. And, yeah. you know, I, I said, um, for a, a lot of people, when they hear about someone dying for a cause, at least for me, my gut reaction is to sometimes just say, well, they're a fanatic and push them to the side and not have to actually deal with what they were dying for. But if we actually sit with it, you know, and realize he gave up his life, all that he had, to preserve, you know, the the Catholic order of the Church of England. I mean, do we really value it that highly? And and it's a kind of an encouragement to us to give thanks for that and start taking it seriously. I mean, this was the most important thing for him above all else, yeah. and he and he lost his life. For I it. don't know why with saints and and or anyone in particular we can't we can't acknowledge the truth of both things mm-hmm. in the sense that um, his his death was a martyrdom. Yep. He, get, he preferred the truth over his own Correct. life. Also, at the same time, you could have real criticism mm-hmm. uh, or even condemnation, yeah. depending on what of, it of is, of, of, of other choices mm-hmm. or other things. Mm-hmm. Both can be true. And I think that we have to be really, really careful yeah. because everyone's life, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Bishop Michael Curry has a way of saying that um, this is oversimplified. I appreciate what he's conveying. Um, and everyone, there's a bit of a saint, and I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a sinner and a saint in, mm-hmm. in everyone, and every person that we hold up on a pedestal, if we dig deep enough, we're mm-hmm. going to find things that are problematic, unsavory, mm-hmm. or um, uh, beyond disappointing. Yeah. Right. Um, that's called human nature. Yeah. That's called sin. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the best of the saints are open about that yeah, and acknowledge exactly. it. And um, you know, and I, I think that we have to be, we need to be careful because if we keep that standard for everyone, then all of our heroes will fall. Right. And that should be encouraging because when we are told that we're all called to be saints, I think our gut reaction is to say, no, I've already it's made. It's too late. It's yeah. too late. I've already made mistakes. So have they. Yeah. God has forgiven you. Forgive yourself. Move on. Make amends um, and pursue sainthood. So that should be encouraging to us. Um, but yeah, the, the banqueting house is a, a neat a neat place. Um, I remember seeing pictures of that when you were there. Um, yeah, I mean, Charles the First. This isn't. This is really an aside. And Canon Hazelock preached on this, but you know, and I have a I have a large book at home of of his art collection. Mm. Charles the First was really the the greatest collector of art of any prince. Interesting. Um, you know, um, probably since the Renaissance, 
and he had everything. I mean, he and he inspired and, and was was the patron to to great artists like Peter Paul Rubens, mm. who um, Rubens did the ceiling of well, his, oh, okay. his. I think his father may have commissioned um, Rubens, and it's in the whole scenes, or maybe it was Charles the first commissioned. In, Inigo Jones did the building, yeah, and then Charles had Rubens do the ceiling, and the ceiling is kind of about his father and the divine right of oh, kings, wow. if memory serves correctly. But um, Van Dyck, um, great portrait artist, did a lot of the portraits mm. of, of Charles and others, but he really gave um, support, patronage, and artistic refuge to so many. His collection was immense. He had Leonardo's. He had he had you know Titian and all these great artists. Mm. And then when when he was executed. All these were sold, and uh-huh. and everything was sold. I mean, even even when we saw Charles the uh, Third crowned, that crown wasn't from was was only from sixteen sixty yeah. um, or sixteen sixty when when um, Charles the Second came back. Because mm. everything else was everything sold. else was melted down, mm. and the crown. So Charles was crowned with a with a crown that likely may have come back to to Edward the Confessor. Wow, but. Um, everything was melted down. Charles II, when he came back to the throne, was uh, was spent. I mean, Charles did not have the same piety as, mm-hmm. as his father, but he um, he tried to buy back a mm. lot of the works of art. So they have a lot of it back. Yeah. Some of it they'll never get back. Really interesting, interesting guy though. So you got back late Saturday night, yeah. and then Sunday was our paternal feast, um, and I think. Couple people, yeah. Yeah. So a couple of people, you know, have wondered about that in the past. I think when it's when it's your parish's patron saint, you can move it to Sunday. Um, so we allowed saw, by the prayer book. Yeah, yeah. So so we move Timothy and Titus are together, um, but we move Timothy to Sunday, um, and it was a you know day to kind of think about our parish. Um, you know, preaching about. I wish we could make it a bigger parish. deal. Yeah. You know, to all those who are listening, I mean, it was a great Sunday. We had a good crowd. But I, I mean, it should be like your uh, birthday celebration. Some, like some, uh, some of the young adults said we need to do a potluck next year for St. Timothy. I said that's a great idea. Yeah. So that may be something we, we consider. Um, but yeah, it was... It stinks it's in January and it's not hard, in yeah, May. Not in you know? May or October, you know, some some nicer month. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. And we will, you know, have our parish meeting this this Sunday. And, you know, I like new vestry members. So we're, we're turning pages and... In all sorts of, of different ways. Um, and we've reflected on, you know, this past year on this podcast time and time again. Um, but, you know, anything that you want to mention um, before we move on to the feast this week of, uh, you know, last year um, or this year? Last year seems to me like three years. It was a, it was a long year. It seems like a long yeah. year. And that's rare for me to say where the years seem to go by faster mm-hmm. and faster. But... When I reflect on all that happened, uh, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, you you lost a family member in your house, and I gained one in my house. Yeah. Well, there's personally yes, but I'm just thinking your ordination yeah. and and the and the change that that brought um, to what we do here and what we can do. Um, you know. Uh, Right now, my reflections are one of, of gratitude, and when we look back of how resilient the parish was and changes that were beyond our control mm-hmm. um, in the response, for instance, to, to the overflow shelter and mm-hmm. how we're adapting to that, uh, I'm grateful thinking about how we 
um, are happy that we fin- finished the year on a sound, positive financial yeah. note, yeah. which to me, to, to be completely frank, emerging from uh, COVID uh, and all of the uncertainty that came yeah. with that, I, that to me is just an act of uh, a, a cause for great Thanksgiving yeah. um, anytime that happens. Mm-hmm. So especially now as we are, you know, now we're four years out of the beginning of COVID. Yeah. I'm extraordinarily grateful. I mean, the, the congregation is in a very good spot, optimistic mm-hmm. spot, um, hopeful spot. So I'm, I'm thrilled, yeah. thrilled about that. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm always surprised that it hasn't even been a year since my ordination of the priesthood because <laughs> it feels like it's yeah. been longer. Um, feels like a lot has happened since then. So I'm actually, you know, encouraged and excited about, um, having a, a whole year as, you know, an ordained priest kind of, um, there's been so many changes in my, you know, honestly, the past 29 years, I feel like I've had something big, you know, graduating seminary, ordination to yeah. the ordination of the priesthood. And this year, I'm almost excited that it's going to be kind of the same. Yep. Um, at least, you know. Well, your role's been almost different every single yeah. year. I was yeah, just that's thinking what I'm saying. We so. had, because you and I had a conversation over coffee at, at Camel Camel City Coffee, whatever, yeah. about becoming on board to do youth formation. Yeah. And I don't remember when that was. It was before COVID. Somebody was asking COVID. me. It was 20, uh, I don't know. I did an internship, I think, in 2018 or 19, maybe. Um, and then, you know, came on part-time to do youth in 2020, right before okay. COVID so hit. So it was 2020. Okay, mm-hmm. that's right. So we had that conversation like two in months, January. Yeah. And then everything yeah. um, you finished, hit the fan. You finished school in May of 2020 because mm-hmm. yeah. that was on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Right, your yep. graduation. graduation was on Zoom. Yeah, so I just had big things happen in the past several years, and so I'm actually excited to have some Exhausted. stability, yeah. um, some stability this year, and I think that will uh, be good for this parish too to kind of have, you know, some some confident calmness, um, you know, with us just kind of being able to January first to December thirty first, you know, kind of be stable, and so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I mean, I'll get to do. Um, some feast days for the first time, celebrating Candlemas for the first time, Corpus Christi that we just yeah. talked about. So um, I'm excited for some of those things. Um, Holy Week will be, last year I was ordained Saturday after Easter. And so, you know, Holy Week as a, as a priest will be um, impactful. So it'll be a good year. Good. It'll be a good year. Yeah. So this Friday we've got Candlemas. Um, speaking of, um, well, I think we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, in person, around the parish before. Um, it's in our triptych. It's the right panel of our triptych. And, um, you know, it's Jesus being presented in the temple. It's a powerful story. It, you know, it helps us make a personal connection, I think, of Jesus being presented in the temple. It makes that connection to the crucifixion where he is offering his life. Then it helps us remember that we are called to do the same thing. I mean, even in the Eucharistic prayer, we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies. So I think there's lots of devotional elements in the story of the presentation, um, in the story of Candlemas. We will bless the candles and do our procession this Friday. Um, so there's lots of, you know, things to latch on to, good symbols of Candlemas, good things to look at, the procession of light um, as the days are starting to get Longer and longer. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're happy about that. But, um, you know, what what always stands out to you about Candlemas? Candlemas is one of those feasts that continues to, to 
bear devotional fruit. Mm-hmm. It's overlooked, unfortunately, it is, yeah. because it is February 2nd. It's yep. not Groundhog uh-huh. Day, as everyone would say. And I know some churches transfer it to the closest Sunday, but 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 when you, if I were to make a suggestion, transferring it loses part of the devotional significance Mm -hmm. because it's 40 days after the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So you have that 40-day cycle, which has its own devotional characteristic to it. Um, Candlemas is called Candlemas, Candle Mass, because Mm -hmm. of the blessing of candles. And Mm -hmm. in the Middle Ages, in England especially, it was a huge feast. Mainly, I mean, partly because people would come and, and have the candles that would be used in their homes blessed. Yeah, blessed. And oftentimes it was a it was a fundraising opportunity for people to bring money to pay for the candles to be used in the church. In the church. And, <clears throat> and remember, this is before artificial lighting. Candles yeah. were not just devotional items. They mm-hmm. were items of, of illumination. Mm-hmm. And it was someone's job to always keep certain candles lit, mm-hmm. certainly um, certain Guilds or societies would have their own chapels or mm-hmm. chantry chapels, and they would have their candles lit. So candles were Big not, not this the symbolic luxury yeah. that we have now. So that was the candle mass. Why? Because Simeon says you are a light to enlighten the nations or the mm-hmm. Gentiles. So mm-hmm. that light to enlighten is where that um, where that symbolism of the candles comes from. And in, in, in our triptych and in a lot of works of art, Joseph typically is holding a candle, as is in our triptych. My favorite piece of the liturgy is in the um, Alleluia verse, where it says the uh, the man carried the child, the old man oh, carried yeah. the child, the child governed the old man. So you have you have this inversion of symbolism where Jesus is presented in the temple, mm-hmm. but he is the temple. Mm-hmm. Where Simeon is carrying the child, but the child created brought yeah. into being the old man. Yeah. And you you have those that interplay of that of that of that surprising element there, which is always powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love also the fact that the poverty of Mary and Joseph yeah. is is it's included display, in the yeah. story, also in our triptych, where they're offering turtle doves yeah. as the sacrifice, which was a, which was a concession or a consolation it was a, it was a sacrifice. Poor offering. Yeah. yeah, if you couldn't afford the normal offering, here's what you can do instead. All those things are just incredibly important, and the reason why the presentation is in our triptych is because that is the song of Simeon, is what we say yep. every day, every yep. single day, without fail. Uh, in our devotions and Sunday through Thursday, mm-hmm. publicly here, Lord, now let us thou now thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, mm-hmm. the song of Simeon. Yeah, and I, I love how um, in evening prayer here, we always say that after the gospel reading, yep. um, as we come face to face with Jesus Christ in the gospel, we join Simeon's proclamation. We, we've, we've beheld our salvation, and so we are able to depart in peace, um, die happily. And so I, I always find Simeon a very powerful figure, um, you know, some holy speculation on what his life looked like mm-hmm. leading up to that point, wondering, and you know. And Anna, too. Yeah, what, what was going through their minds? Um, you know, the hard days where they felt like, I'm getting old, time's yeah. running out, what's going on? Um, that, you know, joyful expectation that carried them to the point where they could finally behold their Savior, behold I, the light to the nations. What I love about both Simeon and Anna, Anna's the prophetess, yep. and Simeon was the, was the old man that was there, is that they... Um, <clears throat> They were, lo- 
Excuse, Excuse me. They were looking. <laughs> you died last <laughs> last week, I think, yeah, with, with right. your cough. Is that they were looking for the Messiah, but they knew where they would find him. Yeah. They yeah. knew where the revelation of God would take place, and that would be in the temple. And um, so we have, you know, Luke two twenty five. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit rested on him. And then um, Anna, uh, verse 36, a daughter of Phanuel, tribe of Asher, of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow until the age of 84. And she never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. So she was, uh, she lived in the temple and Simeon, Simeon um, obviously didn't live there, but but knew where the mm-hmm. revelation of God, his consolation, where that would be found. And that is always a reminder to me as a Simeon, as an Anna, mm-hmm. that if I'm asking, where is God? Where's the consolation? Where's the peace? Where's the hope? Where's the good news? Yeah. It's not that it's only found in the church. It's only found in the confines mm-hmm. of the Eucharistic community, but it's but it, but it's definitely it's definitely there. there. It's, yeah. it's promised to be there, and yeah. so you know where to go. Mm-hmm. And then we get the famous um, a sword will pierce you know through your own soul mm-hmm. also um, line delivered to Mary, where we get the devotion of you know the sorrows of Mary with the sword piercing her heart. Um, and I, I I love what follows that, so that the thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Mm-hmm. You know through the crucifixion, people's desires become disclosed. I mean that is. Um, you know the the plumb line that kind of judges the rest of the world, and so we're we're starting to see all the pieces kind of come together with what's going to happen later um, in Luke's gospel. Yeah, it's a great image of this is this is the salvation of God, but that love, like any love, comes with a cost. Yeah. There, there's sacrifice involved. Mm-hmm. So um, I showed you yesterday this painting that I saw in Boston of yeah. of, of, of the presentation where. Jesus is being passed from Mary to Simeon, yeah. and his arms are stretched you know who out. Painted it? I have no clue. And it and it looks you just you just have to y'all would just simply have to imagine. Let me paint the picture with my <laughs> words. So Jesus is being passed from Mary to Jesus, mm-hmm. and his arms are spread open, and it looks like he is reaching for his mom while hanging on to Simeon's beard. Every parent has had this experience, where. You're passing a child from one person to another, and the child wants to go back to to the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw it, and it reminded me of his arms outstretched on the cross. Yeah. So here he is in the temple, and and the way that the way that the temple, which and you're pulling up all kinds of images I, now. Nobody can see this. No, I'm I know just, you can't. I'm just scrolling but, through but them. the temple is often the temple is often. Um, um, presented in microcosm, mm-hmm. like like an, in a miniature, oftentimes yeah, with like true. with like a ciborium or a canopy, yeah. to to make the connection that the temple is now the altar of the church, right. which would oftentimes have a, a, a have a, a baldacchino or ciborium over it. So the altar is now is now the temple, and what is the temple? The temple is where the presence of God is mm-hmm. found, indwelling in, in, the indwelling of God, and that's where where we come to find yeah. Jesus Christ. But so here he is; he's in the temple. The temple is now the church and his arms are outstretched on the cross that that love on the cross is now presented sacramentally in the bread and wine yeah. in his body and blood all of that i mean these are just these are these are hours and hours and hours of sermons and devotions yeah. that come from this one event which is why i think the feast it's is so a, it's powerful a and long, so long gospel reading yeah. i mean there's yeah. there's 
so many bits and pieces that you could kind of, you know, pull out. I, I also love the picture because um, practically I see it happen every day when I when I move James, he still has that yep. reflex and so his arms go straight out. And I'll kind of say, stop, stop squirming. You know, his arms are flailing all over the place. Um, so I like that also. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of depth in Candlemas. And so, um, you know, if you're listening to this, got a couple days uh, to plan ahead, um, try to join us Friday at 6. I mean, it really is a powerful um, And I'm counting you know, feast Friday day. as a solemnity. There you go. So even more reason. I am. I, Come to mass. I, I think and, it should and, be a solemnity. You know, have then a, go have a steak. Uh, yeah, have a steak after. Um, but I, uh, going back to the candle imagery, I, I also love the idea that, you know, we lose some of this in, in modernity, but um, the idea that for the rest of the year, every time you light a candle, you remember where it came from, um, which which implicitly mean, means you remember what it symbolizes. Um, even the lights in the corner of your home have a, you know, holy lingering from where they were blessed, yep. from where they came from. And that is, you know, the idea that the light is going out into the nations. Um, that begins in your home. And then, you know, that is carried throughout the, throughout, you know, the, the most normal, ordinary parts of the world. They are enlightened by um, the church, which is where they, they get their light from. So, I, I mean... I love candles. The candles have always had a spiritual symbolism mm-hmm. of the of the the wick being yeah. the soul yeah. um, of Jesus, but also... And it's not consumed. Or the wick but... being the body and the uh, the candle is a sign of, of the person, of the wick being the body and the and the and the fire being the soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also devotion of the divinity and humanity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I love it that it's a it's an act of protest against darkness. Yeah. Every time yeah. you light a candle, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're saying I, I want to see things, um, which is you know, why Jesus says no one lights a candle and hides it. Oh, hang on. Let me get back. Someone's going to correct me. Um, of, of you have in... Um, oh, you're talking about the, the candle. candle. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah. The, the, the wick is the soul. Okay. The wax is the body. Ah, and the okay. fire is the divinity. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the body is... Consumed the problem is so many of our <laughs> candles are, are liquid wax. So yeah. it took me a second. Yeah. Yeah, no, people, people, you know, sometimes give churches grief for using liquid wax because um, it, you know, feels like it's it's a fake candle. Well, it but, is. Um, but it sure is easier, and it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if someone wants to give us a lot of money to do real candles and come change them for us, be I my dr- guess. I draw the line. But they're 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 pricey. I do and draw liquid, the line. Liquid wax is very cheap. I draw the line on on fake. Paschal candles. Yeah, we'll have a real Paschal candle. Because you can't pray for the bees or give thanks for the bees when there were when, no bees. Yeah, <laughs> when it's plastic and a yeah, gold ring. Yeah, we're not doing but, that. But, um, yeah, the, the liquid paraffin wax is a, a, a smart budget choice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let us have our, our fake tall candles and the rest will be real. Um, what else am I missing? I'm trying to remember what topics we said we would discuss. It's been a long year already. I was looking. It has. It's been today is January thirty first, and I have not been here doing something for only two days in this month. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm counting the trip to Boston or as working days it as is. they were. But so two out of thirty one. So and you're you're probably the same. Uh, pretty close. So it's um, I had a sick baby, so I had to you know deal with that earlier this month. Um, but uh, there's always something. Oh, make make crepes. Crepes on Candlemas. Uh, I used to do this with the youth, um, and you know, unfortunately, now I 
don't have as much time to do it. Um, but yeah, make crepes. There's a, a an old tradition of I think it's supposed to represent either the sun, um, because the day maybe the days are getting longer. That's the light to enlighten the nations. But um, you know, if you're looking for a, a culinary connection to this feast day. Um, Candlemas crepes are, I think, the traditional thing. I think it's also part of, you know, it's it's about to be Lent, so you mm-hmm. want to use up the the butter yeah. and the fat and, and stuff like that. Um, I it, actually actually like crepes more than pancakes sometimes. Um, you know, because you can make them savory. I think you know people will put chicken or or some savory thing, especially in Europe. Um, they're all over the place. I really can't um, over overstate how important it is to. To have culinary choices yeah. to correspond with the with the ebb and flow of the church mm-hmm. year, and when it's a feast day, feast, feast, yeah, have something good. Don't mm-hmm. don't deprive yourself of it. I mean, obviously, and we don't have three hundred and sixty five feast days a year, so no. this isn't over an indulgence. You no. don't have times to fast. Frankly, if you if you were to call, follow it traditionally, you would be fasting a lot more than you're mm-hmm. feasting. Yep. Um, but no, do that. I'm I'm going to enjoy um, Friday night because you should. Yeah, the light has come into the world. There will be plenty and of we time. We are we are material creatures. Material signs and reminders can help us make the spiritual connection. So, you know, you may be struggling to emotionally or spiritually feel happy, but if you give yourself a material, you know, gift or a steak or a crepe or something like that, it can it can help make that connection. Well, it makes that easier. And if you have children. When you do that, yeah, then then they um they they will they will shift from asking who's coming over mm-hmm. or whose birthday is it, is it to what what yeah what what's happening in the church now for when you add and when you take away. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. when I when I would get out I'm mean, growing up if you ever had real plates yeah. and mom was what, making something on? that wasn't you know you know peasant food who's coming over was the question well Jesus is coming over and the, or one go. of the saints is coming over go. if you want to do it that way. And that's what I've tried to do in my house is, mm-hmm. um, you know, and sometimes my boys pick up on it that, okay, oh, this is, oh, this was, yeah, we, well, we just had mass, didn't we? Yeah, so mm-hmm. this would be yep. a big day. Yeah. That's good. Any final thoughts about uh, Candlemas or this year? Oh, come to church, 6 p.m. Yep. Um, get your candle and and, um, and we'll process around the church as we sing, and it's just you know, be be weird. Come to church on a Friday night. Yeah, you know, go go out to eat afterwards, smelling like incense, mm-hmm. and you know, have that witness. Yeah, it's it's only an hour and twenty minutes of your night, and you it, we have a um, beautiful music in store. It's a it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's great. Um, come join us. And the the day after is uh, my son's middle names. That's right, Saint Blaze. Saint Blaze. We'll blessing we'll throats take, the next. We'll day. take candles. Uh, you know, the word bless a candle miss and bless people's throats after that. Um, so, yeah, January and February are rich liturgically. Um, we have Lent coming up. It's Jessamatide. So, you know, feast while you can and prepare yep. for Ash Wednesday. Yep. Let's close with the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.